I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sarah Michelle Gallagher, Buffy, the Vampire, Sarah Fane, Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their to We Stand Together, a pop culture academic symposium. Yep, we're the pop culture professors, smart people, dumb topic. That's right. That smart person you just heard is Caitlin Bits, a guy. And this mm-hmm. dumb topic right here is Lauren Brickman. <laughs> you love that joke. You always want to Well, do you never, ever fell for it. So I just had to do it myself. <laughs> I'm too smart. Uh, you know, we've both taught courses at the college level. Mm-hmm. We have master- mastered degrees. We've mastered degrees. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how that works. Mm-hmm. And yours is in English, right? I, mm, let's not <laughs> let's not go to the record books. Okay. Well, this is a crash course in all things standing. Being an obsessive fan of something, Caitlin, what are you standing this week? Okay, I'm standing humanity, karma, and one particular resident of Moses Lake, Washington, a stranger to me. Okay. However. Uh, friends and followers know this past weekend that I went to New Orleans yes. to celebrate my dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. And friends and followers will also know that I love losing things. Mm-hmm. And I lost my driver's license. Okay, you know, you live. I leave New Orleans on Sunday. I brought mm-hmm. my passport with me, by the way, because I do stuff like this. <laughs> so I have systems in place. Okay. Tuesday, I get it in the mail. What? With a note 
from someone who said a musician found this, told me to send it to you. It's clearly an old lady. You can tell by the handwriting. And they did not put their name, but their return address was Moses Lake, Washington, Washington State. Aww. So Moses Lake, shout out. I stand you. That's amazing. I, I've i never had my license returned to me, and I've lost it many times. That's incredible. Well, maybe if this person finds it. Wow. 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 And they said they've lost theirs before. They had sympathy. They didn't make fun of me, you know. Man, remember when I lost... I lost my license at the Prudential Center at the New Kids on the Block concert, and they did make fun of me. I called, and they were like, girl, it's never coming home. Oh, but what if you'd gotten a letter from um, Donnie Wahlberg? <laughs> well, he is the king of feminism, so that could have happened. That would that would work. Now, what are you standing? Okay, so friend of the show and former guest, uh, Victoria Edel, casually asked me the other day if I had seen the TV show Starstruck on HBO Max. And to be frank, I had barely knew what it was when she mentioned it in passing. I've now completed watching the entire series. Um, Every episode was finished and I love it. It's so What is the premise? I don't even know. The premise is there's an Australian girl living in London. She's a little quirky. She hasn't quite figured it out. She hasn't, you know, found her way. She's not really winning at adulting. And uh, she has a one night stand on New Year's Eve with a man she finds out the next morning is a huge A-list celebrity in London. Uh, And it's really cute because you you check, you like see these two characters through the course of a year, basically. And it's really cute. It's like, you know, all my favorite rom-com tropes, but the casting is so much smarter and so much more fun. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, speaking of smart and fun, Mm -hmm. I got to move on. I got to talk to today's guest. Oh, today's guest. And you know what? A special place because this is, we're calling ourselves a pop culture professor. This person was my student (gasps) once upon a time. Oh my gosh. Please welcome Rashida Crockett. Hello. Yes, fun fact, Caitlin, you were my sketch 101 and 201 professor. Yes. <gasps> wow. Teacher's pet. Teacher's pet. You liked her so much you went back for a second helping. That's sweet. Almost 301. I just don't think they had a lot of sketch teachers on deck. And Caitlin was like <laughs> helping the world over at UCB, <laughs> saving us. Caitlin would needed money. One student at a time. I wanted to learn comedy. Gayla was just always at the training center. They're like, we might as well let her work. (laughs) Yep. Basically a farmhand to the old (laughs) comedy theater system. Huge place in my heart. Another fun (laughs) fact, when I first got interested in, um, well, I took Caitlin's sketch class. And then um, I was interested in working in a writer's room. So I sent out some emails to just like all of my past teachers, which was Caitlin plus one, because she taught me so many times. But, you know, like and people who I had interned for, Caitlin was the first person to write me back. And she gave me great advice that I still like recite till this day. So, Aww. yeah. She's the bomb. <laughs> and now Rashida's a huge success on BET plus is bigger. So... Ooh. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it's your show, Bigger, that inspired today's theme. We were watching the show, which is so fun. And it's one of the th- big themes of the show is all of these 30-somethings kind of trying to figure out what it means to be an adult. And so today, we're talking about adulting. It doesn't sound like it's going to be fun, but I promise you, oh, we're making adulting fun today. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Caitlin, what are your adulting credits? Your- yeah, we like to give our credits, make our mm-hmm. listeners feel welcome. Like, who yeah. are these women? Can we trust them? I, speaking of writing, wrote commercials and um, I guess promo spots for a week of MTV programming that mm-hmm. was dedicated to the relaunch of my Super Sweet 16. So the, wow. full, the first adult party that you have. And the copy was for Sean Mendez, folks. <laughs> Wow, that's huge. That's huge. That's a, that's a good credit. That's right. a good How credit. about you, Lauren? Well, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, this one, go with me on this one. So yesterday I was having uh, brunch. Is it brunch if it's at 4 p.m.? I'm not sure. But I was having a meal of some sort with my college roommates. <laughs> and yesterday was Wednesday. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't going to yeah. even bring that up. Like, okay, just in the middle of the week. Yeah, it was midweek, uh, you know, college roommates. We all decided a Wednesday midweek was the day. I think day you were on a other. bender. <laughs> well, the weird thing is there was no alcohol because one of my friends was uh, pregnant. So nobody drank. So there she can't go. drink. So it was a very sober very midweek brunch. Very adult. But I knew that I was adult for the first time truly yesterday because yesterday afternoon we were walking. Um, my my friend... Uh, no longer lives in New York. She was visiting and she was like wanting to hit all her all her favorite spots. We were walking past the Whitney doing sort of nostalgia tour. And I saw Julianne Moore standing there. Like I just like literally she was just standing there. And I once had like one line in a movie with her. And a PA told me once, if you see her, just say hi to her because she'll always remember everyone she's ever worked with. But yesterday she looked really tense and she looked really stressed. And even though all I wanted to do was go up to her and say, hi, do you remember me? I didn't. I didn't. I let her go about her day. And I think I think that proves I'm an adult. (laughs) I let that poor woman just like go about her day. So and she's somewhere being like, that girl that had that line well, didn't say anything to me. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I hope. You didn't follow good advice. Why? <laughs> no, she she looked like she was trying to she was solving problems on the phone. Gotcha. For that's some reason, normal. she was she was having a tense. Julianne, I assume you listen to this podcast. Reach out. It's, I hope everything's okay. If not, if you need anything, it just seemed like things were tense on that call outside the Whitney. Oh, also, was what was she? She was on a phone call. That's why I didn't. If she wasn't on the phone, I also have to know why she was alone outside the Whitney on a very tense looking phone call. I will think about this moment for the rest of my life. That feels like something that would happen in one of her movies. Right? Anyways, that was a moment of me just being like, I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to be that crazy girl. Felt like adulting. I don't know. Yeah. So Rashida, what about you? Other than starring in a very successful series on BET, which, you know, I guess that is a form of adulting, you know, (laughs) success. But I have other adulting credits. Yeah, Um, what are your other adulting credits? So I was invited to a Juneteenth cookout on Saturday, and I had Mm -hmm. to decline the invitation Mm. because I am on a very strict meal plan. Wow. And I don't have the discipline to go to this cookout (laughs) and not eat and drink like a maniac. (laughs) So I just said no. Wow. Knowing yourself is a big adulting thing. Wow. Wow. Sometimes the biggest yes is to say no, you know? Whoa. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I've never felt like I was in the company of more mature adult people than this moment right now. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like we're ready to, to to play our first game. That's right. This is a game I call adulting or faltering. Because we all know the special type of real housewife that is cast when she's under 40. Now, these are a strange crop of women who we either learn to root for or they just wither away. So, Rashida, I know you're a fan. I'm going to give you some names of these women and you're going to tell me whether you think that they are adulting or faltering. Okay. And please give us your reasons why. All right, first up, it's got to be Portia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's adulting Woo! or she's faltering? Okay. Season one, Portia was faltering. She was not <laughs> excelling. But present day Portia, right. you know, standing on the front line, the front line for Black Lives Matter. Yes. She got, look, she, she went and did a quick bid for that. I can't, I can't even... I can't even say that's not adulting to stand up for a call. She came back, cleaned up the whole Underground Railroad madness. <laughs> that was yes. some madness. For the listeners that don't know, she once did look for, what was it, the entrance to the train? <laughs> she thought the Underground Railroad was a choo-choo train. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And not, you know, a, but now a path she's the woods. <laughs> going to Louisville. She's getting arrested. She's doing it. But then the reason she keeps us interested and she's a great housewife is then now <laughs> her most recent antics uh, to be engaged to the friend of housewives <laughs> ex-husband. That's her business. Let me tell y'all, I, <laughs> there is some things I just won't touch because you never know what tomorrow holds. <laughs> wow. Well said. I mean, wh- right. what other thing do I love about Portia? My favorite takeaway. Portia's adulting. At the mm-hmm. reunion, yeah, we agree. somebody called her a bitch. Portia said, bitch? Like, bitch? <laughs> like she's just learning that word. That took me out. Portia, um, <laughs> three to four, maybe even five seasons ago, I don't really recall how long she's been on the series, but like she might have dragged somebody. Mm-hmm. Not present day Portia. Why? She's adulting. It's true, adulting. Adulting is not linear; it's ups and downs. But overall, she all comes the way in up. waves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the next one is Ashley from Real Housewives of Potomac. Faltering, 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 faltering. She, I, no, I, I, faltering. Period. <laughs> Even with the what is it, baby Dean and the second baby? Oh my, Ashley Darby. Yes, it's excuse me, Ashley Darby. I didn't say her full name. From a cloth that I have not seen yet. <laughs> she is about, I have never seen, girl, you know what? Again, there's some things I just won't touch because you never know what tomorrow can hold. You never know. Rashida made tomorrow marry a 60-year-old Australian man, and God bless you. Who's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. A, a, oh my gosh, it's. It's the sexual assault for me that has been a through line. <laughs> it's a little bit of a red flag. A uh, little yes. bit. He's been accused by multiple crew members of all people. Castmates, crew members, people who have seen it. Like, yeah, faltering. But I wish yeah, I was. Okay. All right. <laughs> of course. Needless to say, we wish them Needless all well. To say. All right. 
And what about Leah from Roni? I don't. Oh, this is bad because I don't watch Roni. <gasps> wow. I saw the quality of Roni once and I was like, this don't look like Beverly Hills. Wow. Real Housewives of Johannesburg be looking better than Roni. <laughs> <laughs> These are the boldest words ever spoken on this podcast. And I stand, right, so- I stand to it. I stand, look, get at me. Roni looks right, bad. So- <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean the quality of the I mean, the quality or- of the show does not match the <laughs> quality of the rest of the franchise. <laughs> Maybe because it's one of the oldest ones. Like they started filming it on VHS or something and they still do that. And then just, you know what, we're going we're gonna to stick to film. We're purists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe it's for the Criterion collection. You know, you got to consider. <laughs> All right. Then, well, then we got to go back to Potomac. What about Candace? <sighs> yeah, tough one. Tough no, one. she's so childish. She's so immature. I I don't think it's tough. I think that she's a brat. She's childish. And I I mean, how again, you never know what tomorrow holds. But how you get your ass beat in public and still don't know how to control your mouth? Like, wasn't that the whole point? <laughs> yeah. 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 It like is, you didn't just it get is, beat up in front of everybody. Okay, well, I go there. Rashida, it it but. is hard. That she, I mean, she was physically assaulted and it was really tough to watch. And, but then there's still some people that are somehow not on her side because of the way she acted afterwards. Ah, yeah. And the way she acted before. No one should put their hands on anyone, right? No one should be out here being no. assaulted or, you know, abused. I don't think that's cool. I also feel like don't. Go nuts asking people to fight you if you can't fight. <laughs> there we if go. You ain't got that. And hands. you don't know what tomorrow breaks. We don't. And know you don't know breaks. what tomorrow holds. So <laughs> that's a note for my for me. All right. Since you didn't watch Roni, I'm I'm I don't know if you'll know this next person either. But do you know Gina from Real Housewives of Orange County? It's, that's not the one whose son went to jail, right? From seasons ago. No. That she, was the saddest no. episode. Though there's been some really sad stuff on Orange Since County. then, really yeah. Orange, oh, oh, oh across dark. it. Always, always bad stuff. Um, <laughs> always bad stuff. Always bad stuff. And then you don't know Tensley because you don't watch New York. No. And did you watch Dallas? They ain't got enough black girls for me in Dallas. Which is weird. They just added the first woman of color, which I was going to ask you about, Dr. Tiffany Moon, who... Um, is only 35, as she reminds us often. But does she need some help adulting? This is our new catchphrase. We don't know what tomorrow brings. You never know what tomorrow brings. We can't say. I could be a 35-year-old doctor tomorrow. (laughs) That's a strong come up. That's a a strong and quick come up. You have Um, to be intentional. All right. So we really only had Portia as adulting, (laughs) ultimately. How old is Doreen? She, well, I, I included in the game those that started Housewives under 40. And I think she was like 41. Really? Dorit looks amazing. She does. Mm-hmm. She keeps looking better. She only looks better every season. She is <laughs> one of my favorite Housewives. I, I, she's grown on me a lot. I like PK too. They're funny. They're, they're, they're a fun couple. Girl, it's the fashion for me. Dorit comes, <laughs> she gives looks. And we'll never stop. 
<laughs> and, you know, boy George lives with them sometimes. <laughs> That's relatable. She lives a sparkly life. All right. Well, th- thank you for playing adulting or faltering. Portia was clearly the winner. <laughs> Potomac did not do well. And Roni mm-hmm. was told that the video quality is not good enough on their show. That's how I feel. I cannot watch. Okay. I already said it. I don't have to repeat it. <laughs> All right. Thank you for playing. Wow. I... Rashida, I feel like I understand the housewives on a whole new level. I will never look at them the same way again. Now I know. Good. Good. Because they don't all deserve to be viewed the same. Yeah. (laughs) You know, listeners, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I have a strongly worded letter to write to Andy Cohen and the entire staff of Bravo because they need to know not all housewives are created equal. We'll be right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. All right. LaCroix up, refreshed, time to take on a thesis. So, folks, I wanted to talk to you today on the theme of adulting on this question. What's the difference between change and what is growth? Growth versus change. And are they the same? And particularly, I was thinking about this in terms of young female characters on shows. And there's this book uh, called Eight Characters of Comedy, which is really good. Um, and they identify a one a character called the princess that we see in a lot of different sitcoms in particular. And they're obviously kind of materialistic, maybe boy crazy, maybe self-centered often the butt of other jokes. But what I find interesting when we examine them is how different shows let them change and grow Mm. and change or grow. Uh, And it's just sort of a topic of discussion because I was thinking about these different examples. And the first one is Jackie from that 70s show who Mm -hmm. was played by Mila Kunis. Uh, I think like the most fun character on the show completely treated horribly by everyone on the show throughout always the butt of jokes but it's weird because she dates every guy on the show but they had date every girl on the show like there's total double standard of the way she's treated um she has like 30 jobs they all do kelso's last job on the show is a 
security guard at the Playboy Club in Chicago, or that's what he goes to do. Like, it's a silly show, but for some reason, they act like the way she is silly is so wrong. And I think the show doesn't know how to treat her and doesn't know how to have her grow. And I feel like that's why the show sort of stalled out, in my opinion, because they didn't see that people are identifying with Jackie and they want to grow mm. with Jackie and not Foreman. And then she marries Fez and it's like, okay. Fez in no real world was going to pull no <laughs> miracle. Who, who are y'all talking to? Like, carry on. Who were you talking to? That is that we need to get to. And my question is, were they talking to Joss Whedon? Because we should have known Joss Whedon was suspect. Because mm-hmm. the way that his female character, spoiler for all his shows, by the way. But if you haven't seen them at this point, I don't know. Um, but Cordy, Anya, and even Buffy, they all change, but then they die. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't allow for that. Like you're going to get killed. Maybe you'll get resurrected, but you're going to get killed uh, <laughs> if you uh, try to change. And but then I was thinking about the queen of this category of princesses, which is Hillary Banks from Fresh Prince. Mm. And I uh, watched the Fresh Prince reunion, which we talked about on this show. And I really loved something Karen Parsons said about Hillary. Producers and writers wanted to make Hillary a strong black woman. They wanted to like see that switch in her. And then I felt like, you know, there are some people who are just flawed and see things a certain way. And you can learn a lot from them too. (laughs) Look, I'm a career woman. I don't have time to dust and push around that, what do you call that big loud thing that sucks up everything. So that's I loved that. I that was such a great moment in the reunion to me where she stood up for Hillary kind of to to the writers to be like you don't have to conform to whatever you guys think a strong black woman is. Hillary already is that because she's already cool, she's already funny, she's already someone some people can relate to, some people laugh at. And that's okay. That makes her a human being. She's not uh, a perfect character. She's very flawed. But we do see her grow, of course, after Trevor, you know, dies. I was going to say her whole husband died. That's Bungee jumping. And she does grow up a little bit after that, but she's still her essential heart. And of course, for me, it all goes back to Hillary Banks. Then when I started thinking about characters that came right after her and the way that I think they were able to retain their like femininity, even retain, let's say, their selfishness and still thrive and audiences love them. And the shows understood this. And I'm talking about like Rachel Green from Friends, Regine Hunter from Living Single, Fran Fine from The Nanny, Kelly from The Office. Like those are some of the most popular characters. And I think it's because the shows allowed them, yes, to grow up. But growing up doesn't mean turning into someone else's like respectability character. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess my thesis is Hillary Banks changed everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. That documentary bringing them all back together to talk about that show is like maybe the best thing that's happened in the in my life to me personally i i was so good (laughs) to you personally i mean maybe i watched it a second time just to prepare for this thesis but 
watched it so many times. But you're so right. Like, it, we've brought it up on the show multiple times, but it was just, it's so smart. And that, like, so many roads lead back to that show and that the hard work that that cast was doing. Like, you're absolutely right. As soon as you said that, it's like, yeah, who didn't love Hillary? Like, my God, like, that's so true. Like, there's so, like, there is such a direct line from Hillary to so many of those other characters. And I love that so much. That's so cool. She should, why is Hillary Banks not on money? Oh my gosh. I mean, and the money is reserved for the white men. <laughs> it's time for Hillary we, Banks. We need a $7 bill and get Hillary Banks. <laughs> I would live. I would just collect them. But she, why aren't she spending any of your money? Because Hillary's on the seven. <laughs> That's the thing. It would go out of circulation. It's like those dollar coins that no one uses. Yes, it's like a $2 bill. Who's on a $2 bill? I don't know. I've only seen a $2 bill once. It was framed in someone's house. Am I making this up? Well, the world may never know. (laughs) And and, you know, it's not for us to know. It's not for us. I have to. I have to speak on this changing versus growing because I do think that they're two different things. I think some people need to change, right? Like, no, you're doing something bad, and you have to stop doing this thing that you do because it's bad, right? You need to change. But I think that there are. There are some people who I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope you never change. I hope you grow. I hope you become mm-hmm. more polished and, you know, grow into your destiny because that's what growth is. Right. You were yeah. born with a purpose. If, if you were a lemon tree. Right. You were a lemon tree when you were a seed. But, yeah. you know, you're planted and you grow and you fulfill the destiny and purpose of the seed that was planted. Right. Of what you were always supposed to become. And I don't think people are supposed to become monsters, right? They're supposed to become people. So, mm-hmm. yes, if you're doing <laughs> monstrous things, you might need to yeah. change. Or you might just be human and flawed. And I'm looking forward to watching you grow and become more polished into mm-hmm. the best version of yourself. Well said. That's beautiful. It is so interesting, the difference between change and growth. Like, I'm... <sighs> As you all know, I'm rewatching Pretty Little Liars. I'm pretty far into it. And I do think like one of the things I remembered that kept me watching through the end is that even when like the world and the story got like so absolutely iconically terribly insane and uh, probably the way it, the way it gets more and more problematic as it goes on is iconic. But to your point, Rashida, the cool thing is, though, the core four characters we get to watch them grow instead of change. I think that is part of it. Like as like much bullshit is happening all around them. And I'm like, what is happening? What is the show? Those four main characters were so true to, to like who I loved in that first season that like that kept me going. I was like, I'm still on this journey because that, that seed that got planted in that first season is there still no matter what other bullshit is around it. That's crazy. TV's wild y'all. It's so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) we love it we love it and speaking of loving tv we've got another game to celebrate our love of tv now i went down a pretty wild rabbit hole of think pieces about adulting because i was trying to learn i was trying to figure out like when did we start using adulting the way that we use it and i've read all of these articles and etymology things and a lot of the think pieces really seem to think that the term adulting is deeply rooted in sexism 
And I found this quote from a 2017 Washington Post article that says, young women are just afraid to be public about their actual achievements because if their public persona is self-assured, they are also perceived to be less likable. And so this whole like, I've read a bunch of different articles that were saying that like adulting, at least amongst millennials, became a way for a lot of women to like underplay their success and make themselves more approachable. And I have never really like thought of it like I I had never really like put two and two together and seen that. Uh, But then I was starting to like they were showing all these different examples of different people on social media who were sort of doing that. And then I was thinking I was like, oh, wow, there are a lot of like characters on TV that do that behavior that like the successful woman, but she's kind of a mess. And I was like, oh, wow, there's I had like suddenly was like flooded by examples. But then I was like, I don't really want to spend time looking at that. I was like, I'm more excited about the badass ladies who were not afraid to adult on TV. And so I want to play a little game called Who's the Lady Boss? Because as many examples as we have of what the Washington Post article was talking about, we also have a lot of examples about women who were on TV. They were kicking ass, taking names, and they weren't apologizing for it. So Rashida, I'm going to play you an audio clip of someone I think is a lady boss, and you're going to guess who this lady boss is. Okay, I hope uh, I win. I, <laughs> I can already tell you're going to win. I feel it deeply in my bones. All right, here we go. Clip number one. So sorry I'm late. Thank you for coming. Oh, good to see you. Nico, step into the good light. Thank you so much for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, the must debate of 2007. Animal rights versus fashion rights. Just who is right? Um... Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No, but that's a great guess. This is a little bit older of a show. Who is it? <laughs> that was the one, the only, Vanessa Williams as William and Slater on Ugly Betty. Oh my gosh, girl. When she first came out, I thought it was Renna. Okay, what's the next one? <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Clip number two. Are you through with that? Yeah, sorry. The swallowing slowed me down. <laughs> Whose little ball of paper is this? Oh, that would be mine. See, uh, I wrote a note to myself, and then I realized I didn't need the note, so I balled it up, and now I wish I was dead. <laughs> Monica. Absolutely. You crushed yes. that one. I, one of the things I love about Monica is she's like, I love to clean, and I'm not apologizing for it. <laughs> like, let's make cleanup cool. All right. You're, you're one for two. I feel like we've really turned a corner. Here's clip number three. What I had to do for my client. I made a tough call. You don't like it, Abby, too bad. It is my name on that door, not yours. What I wanted to Olivia Pope. Yes. yes. Now, I had to put an Olivia Pope quote in there because I went to your website and it says that you do an Olivia Pope impression. So I was like, I feel like she's going to hear that voice and know it because it's Is that what they said? Is that impression up there, girl? (laughs) 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 All right. Awesome. We're two for three. I think we're on a winning streak. Here is clip number four. That's it. That's the answer. Come on, let's go. (laughs) I would like to hear a little bit more about this, like what it is. In our society, we are constantly being told no. Don't. King of Queens. 
<laughs> this is like the original blueprint for King of Queens in some ways, I think. Um, should I play a little more? Yes. I gave you a list of specific things to do with him today. Where is that list? I don't know. Where do things go when you flush? <laughs> All right, come on. Come on, Billy. Time for you to go to bed. Come on. Get going. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Where are you going? To Morris. Why, sweetheart? Because I want to live with her. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Tony, did he just say that he was leaving us for my mother? What, what are we doing wrong? I have no idea. You think Herb and Willa have a hotline? <laughs> Is that Tony Danza? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Context clues, context clues. Oh, who's the boss? Yes, ah! yes. And who was his female counterpart on that show? I can't Oh, I can't even say can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm having a trouble recalling her name. It's okay. It's Judith Light who played Angela on Who's the Boss? Angela. I couldn't name a game Who's the Lady Boss and not include Angela. Angela. Also, I couldn't include Willamina Slater from Ugly Betty and Vanessa Williams and not also have a Judith Light moment. It, it, right. You have to, with one, you must have the other. They're yin and yang. Fun fact I'm, Tony Danza graduated from my high school. <gasps> Shout out to Malvern High. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? I did he like stop by ever? I feel like never. he's the kind of guy that would just stop by. No, okay, never. Damn, he Damn. never came back. Hmm. <laughs> All right, well, you're you're even. You're two for two. I think this last clip is Ooh. going. I, I have a feeling this last clip is going to set you up for success, and and, and it's okay. going to be incredible. All right, Tied here like we go. Tied like the Clippers. Here we go. Now everybody knows what I look like without makeup on. That was the only way I wasn't being recognized. And now everyone is on my shit. Keep it hobbling, Peppa. Keep it hobbling, Peppa. <laughs> that would have to be Tracy Davis cussing out Vince. Yes! <laughs> on Bigger, on BET Plus. Please go watch our show. I'm glad that you recognized your own voice. I we would have we would have had a real situation on our hands had you not. Ooh, uh, could you imagine? Can you imagine? But I think Tracy is an absolute lady boss, and so I think she needed to be included because oh. she's not apologizing. Uh, well, Rashida, congratulations! You won. Name that lady boss. Who's the lady boss? Fabulous job. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, I won. I just didn't lose. Right. I, okay, that's fair. I, I I like someone who's really honest about where they're at, you know, but to me, you're a winner. And uh, I, I we're going to take a quick break because I'm actually I'm going to go make you a trophy because I think you deserve <laughs> one. So I'm going to go build a trophy real quick. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stan Stans, the time has come. We Stand Together is back live on stage with a whole new show full of games, quizzes, Hannibal references nobody asked for, and so much more. It's so true. Monday, June 28th at 10.30 p.m., we're going to be live on stage at the Squirrel Theater's residency at Caveat on Clinton Street in Lower East Side, New York City. So go right now to the squirrelnyc.com to buy your tickets. They're only $15 in advance. There's going to be beer, wine, laughs, other human beings sitting at tables. Remember tables? 
Oh my God, I've missed tables and we've missed you too, Stan Stans. So don't forget to bring your proof of vaccination to Caveat Theater on June 28th. We'll see you there, Stan Stans. Okay, so I tried to make a trophy. It's um, it's a work in progress. Uh, I, you know, right now it's just some 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 slices of vegan cheese and uh, uh, some some empty LaCroix cans. But I promise you, it's gonna be it's gonna be a masterpiece. But but we don't have time to to waste. We've got to we got to talk about something that's been on my mind since I, we started talking about this topic of adulting, and it's that. You know, I was I was again going back into my memories of TV viewing as a kid. And I I I was for some reason this has come up in the conversation quite a bit lately. Like when I look back on things that I really, really loved as a kid, a lot of course I had my kid content, but like I loved adult content starting at like a really young age. Like there are things that I'm like. I saw that when I was in like second grade. I really liked it. What was it that I liked about it? And one show in particular that I rewatched early on um, in quarantine that I watched when it was originally on the air and I was far too young. And this is a show like a lot of the shows like that, like my mom was maybe watching like sisters. My mom was watching and I would watch with her. So like it makes sense. My dad, especially when I was younger, traveled. So it's like, okay, like mom's watching Melrose Place. She's letting me stay up late. Like that made sense. but. One of the first like adult TV shows I remember watching like that nobody else in my house was watching like mom wasn't watching it. Dad was nobody was watching it. None of my friends were talking about it. Like I I don't know what possessed me to watch this show. But Allie McBeal, I was a avid Allie McBeal fan and I watched it alone. I literally watched it alone. I had no one to watch it with me. Nobody. I didn't talk about it at school with anyone. But for some reason, I watched it all the time. And like back in the day, y'all remember this, like we didn't have TV on demand. Like if you missed an episode, you would have to wait weeks, months, years before you saw it again. And I had like forgotten what day or something like Allie McBeal was on it. Like the last season, for whatever reason, I had gotten off my viewing. And I remember my mom helping me like make to be like, okay, we have to like get home so you can watch Allie McBeal. And my mom would be like, okay, Ellen McBeal's on. And then she'd just like leave me in her bedroom to watch it. And I was like, I've been like trying to figure out like rewatching it. I'm like, what was it? Like, I didn't like, what was it about this show? And I think I finally maybe have a thesis about why as a child I liked that show so much. And I think it's because it was one of the rare shows that made adulting actually look fun. Like, Allie was having fun being an adult, even when her life was a mess, even when she was like heartbroken. She was like seeing cartoons and like, you know, her biological clock led to dance parties. Right. Like (laughs) she was even when she was in crisis, there was like a playfulness and a joy to it that made being an adult not look scary. It looked like something you're like, I want to do that. Like, I want to like I want to be a grown up like. Why they're just like going to that bar and singing songs on stage. That looks cool, right? Like, and I think like there were not, there were a lot of shows, particularly in the 90s, that made adults and it being an adult just look awful. And we like really we were like in a moment that was like really glorifying being young. It was like being young is great, being old sucks. Like 
moms are shrews, jobs are terrible. Like, and I think Alan McGill was one show where it was like, no, like you you can have an imagine. I think all of those adults in that world still had imaginations. And I think that was what was speaking to me as a kid. And I'm curious if you all have like TV characters that you were like, oh, they made adulting look fun. Like, who were the TV characters that you were like, you're a grown up and that doesn't look bad? <laughs> I would have to say Coral from the real world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's yeah, perfect. that's perfect. That's it. End yeah. of show, best answer ever. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. <laughs> what was it about Coral that really spoke to you? Oh, she just really spoke her mind. Yeah. And to me, that was growing up as I did, I heard a lot that you talk too much or, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a lot of me not being able to have the freedom, a freedom of speech, so to, so to speak, like adults weren't trying to hear it. No one, you're not grown, kids are seen and not heard. and. I just wanted to talk my shit. And Coral did that <laughs> as often as she felt like it. I love That's that. Such a good point. And I think though the real world has similar things to Ally McBeal and that it was like, it was a safe way to have problems though. Like the real world brings people of different backgrounds together. But for those six months, they're not worried about food. They're not yeah. worried about the cell bill. Like it's okay. Like the fights they have are just like for fun kind of. Mainly because they're drunk. The extracurricular <laughs> fights, you know, and the same with Ally McBeal. It's like she has a law degree from Harvard and she's 28. Like it's yeah. actually okay. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. see a dancing baby, hang out at the bar. Like it's all fun. Yeah. Did she talk? Did she bring up student loans once? No. No, we didn't know about student loans back then. <laughs> Which is why when I got mine in college, I go, what? No one explained this to me. This was what? not on Allie McBeal. I was like, where I, is this on Allie McBeal? Where is this? People talk about scholarships and financial aid. I, I got those things. Those don't cover everything. What are the, what's this word loan? I thought once you got a scholarship, you didn't need anything else. Uh, that's uh, a lie. Kelly <laughs> needs to erase student debt because it is his fault. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. David yeah. E. Kelly, take it on. You're, he's married to Michelle Pfeiffer. Like they can afford it. They can afford it. They can afford it. They really can. They really can. The Dangerous Minds money plus uh, Boston Public. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, how much money? Do you, <laughs> I, now I need to know. Like, how much money do you think he's actually making in residuals? David E. Kelly has his name on a lot. And that '90s money is nothing. You know, '90s money is like nothing else. I don't know what I'm talking about. He's filthy stink. He's swimming in a pool of coins. Scrooge McDuck. His net worth, <laughs> allegedly, his net worth is two hundred and fifty million, and that doesn't include Michelle Pfeiffer's money. And that does—that's just his net worth. That doesn't even include Catwoman. <laughs> well, let's see what hers is. And you Google Her, that so fast. Okay. <laughs> well, interesting. She's coming up with around the same number, so I wonder. So maybe if it is their joint. Maybe it is joint. Mm. But that would probably cover your student debt, Brickman, right? At least. <laughs> I put a lot of things on me. <laughs> I told you, I didn't understand loans. Neither did my parents. Um, no. We 
my meal plan went on my loan. A lot of things that probably, in retrospect, shouldn't have gone on a loan well, went on a loan. You got to eat. You know what? It's your fault for not applying for real world for one of those semesters. Then no, you could have had your right. food and shelter paid for by MTV. You are 100% right. And every morning that I wake up and realize I'm not an alumnist of real world is a morning where I go, why bother? Like, what am I doing? (laughs) It feels like a wasted opportunity for many of us. I will say, this is a true confession. I... (laughs) This is I used to play, like, when I, when there was no one to play with, when there were no friends over, uh, and I was bored, I used to play real-world audition tape by myself, um, and I would just practice my real-world audition tape. And then sometimes, um... I there became a, a moment in my life where my imaginary friends just became the people that I thought would be on my season of real world. And I would just play real world by myself. <laughs> That's a real thing that used to happen. <laughs> you would play real world in your imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like invented people that I thought would live in my house and I would talk to them. <laughs> it was probably like a girl named like. LJ or something that's your roommate yeah (laughs) like a guy named like wait what kind of stuff were you saying on that (laughs) no no, the crazier part is that like I didn't even like have a video camera like I wasn't recording it I was just like doing like solo improv games in my house (laughs) I need you to write an indie film right now about not even about that, but have that, like, have an older sister walk by a room where a little girl is just practicing real world. Well, and it oh all started, God. like, and it all started because we had this exchange student, and I, my exchange student was watching the real world, and because she thought it was cool, I was like, well, now it has to be my whole personality, so she'll think <laughs> I'm cool, too. This woman is the most influential person on the planet. <laughs> 25 years later, here you are. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that's my truth. But Caitlin, <laughs> um, who are some adults on TV that you thought made being a grown-up look cool? It is a good question. <laughs> I've been distracted just thinking about you. About how deeply unwell I was as a child. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's the gag. So you would <laughs> pretend to go on tape, not record yourself. And just be like, hey, my name is Lauren Brickman and I'm from blah, blah, blah. And this is my, like, what would you, what did you want MTV to know about you that made you a good contestant? And like, it would depend on. Because <laughs> you played this game, freak. This wasn't, this, this didn't just happen once. It, no, it happened a lot. And like, it would depend on like whatever seat, like, I got different ideas from different casts. Um, but like, I kind of was always the one that was kind of like um like a Julie that was kind of like oh because I was from Oklahoma and I was like you know uh, you know I was I've always been bigger so I like I like as a kid I I never had a like boyfriend on the playground or anything like that so like I was always kind of like the I guess I'm here to like <laughs> broaden my horizon <laughs> and uh, yeah um yeah. Confessional and audition tape are two of my favorite games to play when I had no friends to play with. <laughs> I think 
one of mine. This person's, you know, canceled. Okay. But the character's not. Is okay. Aunt Becky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because Aunt Becky from Full House, because, well, at first, you know, she didn't have kids, but she got to be around the kids. Yeah. And she could just leave. And she got to date Uncle Jesse. Like early Aunt Becky years, before they were even married, she got to host uh, Wake Up San Francisco, hang out with the kids, date a rocker, and leave when she wants. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was very cool. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. Too bad she blew it all up. Girl, it's when, you know what? You don't know what the future holds. So let me share. <laughs> We've established that earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You could we end don't up know. married we don't to know. a 60 year old Australian. You could be bribing USC. We don't know. We really don't know. We don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. On the flip side, what were the characters on TV that made you be like, being an adult looks terrifying and so scary? I don't want to do it. Please and no thank you. The whole cast of Married with Children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I heard? That, what? that show was initially supposed to be a black family. <gasps> oh. What? That's interesting. They Whoa. do live on the south side of Chicago. I heard they had a really black writer's room. But now, it, is it, it doesn't, do, can you see it yeah. though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Now I want to see that though. Now I want to see. Yeah, reboot. The reboot yeah. and everything else. Time to reboot it. I don't want to see no trashy black family. Oh, no. <laughs> that's fair that's fair fair well they have to keep the trashy but you know good point good point good point good point good point good point um all right let it lie thesis, <laughs> thank you so much yeah it's just been you know quarantine made me re revisit a lot of content that i hadn't seen in a long time and like because you know uh, listeners of the show you know i watch every television show that's on the air and that's a lot of tv to watch when you're also leaving your house right that's a lot of content um but during quarantine i wasn't leaving my house so i could watch everything that was currently airing plus everything i'd ever watched in my entire life beforehand too um and so revisiting it i was just like i loved adult stuff so young and it's been fun trying to figure out like what was it about different things like I don't know. <laughs> like yeah. and some of and and it's been a fun kind of journey and you know figuring and it's fun to look back on that on those like cultural touchstone moments and be like, "Oh, and that's why this is the way it is in my life today." Yeah. Um, there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I'm opening my law practice. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you so much. Something you just do from well, what I can tell. You know, Kim K doesn't have that law degree yet. She's still out there litigating things or yeah. something. The old school apprenticeship laws in California. She's my lawyer. Just call her. <laughs> oh, that would be so fun. Well, Rishita, now that our, our stand stands have fallen in stand with you, where, where can they find you on on the webs, on the TVs? Oh, okay. Well, uh, season one and two of Bigger is on BET, uh, mm-hmm. the BET Plus app for season two. And you can find me on all social media at RashidaCrockett.com or just at Rashida Crockett. I think that's how social media works, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. At, yeah. at, at Rashida Crockett. And it's a good website. I was checking it out. It's, uh, <laughs> go stop by. There's a lot, to, there's a lot of, mm. to consume on that website. I really enjoyed it. And Stan Stan's. Stan Stan's, if you haven't already, be sure to go pound that follow with uh, We Stan on Instagram and TikTok, where We Stan Social, and 
you know, slide it to our DMs. Email us. We want to hear from you. What topics should we get into next? What guests should we harass? Uh, you know, if you think I'm not still sending emails to Joshua Jackson's manager, well, look at my inbox because you're wrong. So you tell us who you want on the show and I will have no shame in pursuing them. Hilarious. That is so <laughs> true. Thank you, Rashida. You're amazing. My yes. star student, my pupil. Thank you guys for having <laughs> me. This was so much fun. You're so much fun. We had a blast. Right. Um, and bye. Thanks, bye. Rashida. Bye.